Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 1 John and learning how to walk in light, walk in love. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, friends. Thanks for joining us again on Everyday Truth. Appreciate your faithfulness. Uh, whether you're watching, uh, if you're watching, you probably noticed John and I have switched spots today for no really good reason. But uh, if you're listening, uh, however you're tuning in, thank you for uh, just value, valuing the Word of God and for uh, taking this time out of your day. First John chapter 4 is our spot today. We began uh, chapter 4 last episode, and we, we've been talking a little bit about these antichrists. You know, typically when you hear the word antichrist, you think about one person, you know, that that one person featured in the end times that will stand against uh, the, the people of God. And, and certainly there's, there's, there's teaching in the Bible and space to consider the antichrist, but that's not the teaching here. The, the teaching in 1 John chapter 4 is the teaching about people in John's day that were touting a doctrine that was anti-Christ, was counter to the biblical teaching about Messiah, about the person Jesus. And John, ironically, what was being attacked in uh, the latter part of the first century was not so much the deity of Christ as it was the humanity of Christ. Yes, you're right, Pastor, about that. People said that, you know, there is no way that Jesus could have been both God and man. And so they did away in their mind with the humanity of Christ and said he just seemed like he has a body, he's not a real body. And so, yes, this was a very bad error. But as we mentioned a few episodes ago, maybe even the last episode, uh, this was heretical. The early church realized this was heretical. Uh, the Bible makes it clear that Jesus Christ had to come in flesh. And so this is a serious error that John is dealing with here. He wants to make sure that people realize this error just cannot stand. And so with that in mind, we're in verse number four, where John says, really the, the, the Holy Spirit says through John, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. So whenever you see a pronoun in the Bible, you always want to identify it with its antecedent. So to, to what group of people does the pronoun them refer? And that the context is clear. It refers to the, these, that these antichrists, uh, these that are touting this heretical doctrine. Uh, you have overcome them. The Bible says in verse 4, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So the the spirit of Antichrist, and that's what we're going to talk about in this episode, you know, the, these, these human beings that were teaching wrong doctrine, that were teaching doctrine contrary to what the Bible says about Jesus, really were being... What's the word I'm looking for? Not the word control, John, but influenced, influenced by the spirit of of Antichrist, a, a spirit, really a, a demonic spirit. The, the devil is behind all false doctrine. Why? Because the devil doesn't want us to believe the truth about Jesus, because believing the truth about Jesus is liberating. It is the very purpose for why we're on planet Earth, to discover our identity in Christ. And so the Bible teaches that these first century Christians and the church was facing the false doctrine of these 
of the spirit of Antichrist. As we think about the early church or pastor, by now many people have come to Christ, obviously, but still the church is still just a few decades old. You know, Christ has died around 30 AD. And so it's not been, you know, a hundred years even since this has happened. And John now is dealing with this serious issue. Uh, he, he, he encourages them because a lot of these people that are teaching this false doctrine, they're, they're very educated people. They come across very well. They're very eloquent oftentimes, sometimes very charismatic. And they you know, give the idea, well, if you really want to know the truth, then here's the truth. And they sometimes treat those that are simply believe in the simplicity of the gospel. They treat them as kind of, they, they just don't know what they're talking about. And so John wants them to know, yes, you do know what you're talking about. You know, these people who are giving error, they are not of God. And they are not the ones who ultimately are going to win. And and, and that's, the, the, that's the point behind the, the comparison. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Because sometimes it appears that error, false doctrine, uh, the spirit of Antichrist is winning. Uh, The churches are bigger. Uh, The doctrine is more popular. Uh, People are more readily accepting what they say. And so John had to be very quick to remind true believers that we can't take our, our... confidence. We can't take our security from what appears to be true in the moment, the bigness of the crowd, the popularity of the movement. I mean, think about it. Even as John is writing this, he is in exile on the island of Patmos, having been tortured for his faith. So for all intents and purposes, it seems as if John and the people of God are not faring well, they're faring badly. But John is very quick to point out that greater is he that is is in you, uh, the very spirit of Christ, than he that is in the world. So John really had seen this thing full circle. You know, John had seen as a young man Uh, following Jesus, he had seen that movement crash, right? Remember Um, the cross and forsaking Jesus, and it seemed as if it were were all over. And then he saw the incredible rise of Christianity uh, at Pentecost and then really all across the world, and now the persecution of Christianity. It's almost like he's been in season, he's been out of season, and what John has learned is don't put your faith and trust in circumstances put it in the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. It is very easy for people to look at circumstances and to, you know, not take the long view. As you mentioned, John definitely has. He's been a Christian for many decades now. But it's easy sometimes to look at how things are going in the moment and allow those things in the moment to guide how we're going to respond But I'm glad that John takes it back to fundamentals. He talks already about only two spirits in the world, the spirit of Christ, the spirit of Antichrist. And John is reminding his his readers here that they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Mm. They have the spirit of Christ within them, the same spirit that you and I have as believers in Jesus Christ. And so John wants them to know, you know, don't lose hope. Stay focused on the truth that you know. It, It is easy for people to get mesmerized sometimes and apart from truth. It, it is. Matter of fact, it, it, let, let's move on to verse 5. This will help us to get better context. They are of the world. Okay, those that are touting this doctrine, the, these little antichrists, if you will. They are of the world, little children. Uh, I'm sorry, they are the world. Therefore, speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. So it should not be surprising to us when an antichrist doctrine 
that might appeal to someone's flesh, might appeal to someone's intellect, might appeal to the general popularity of the day. It shouldn't be surprising when their message is readily received. It shouldn't be surprising when their message becomes popular. But why? Because they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Uh, they, they resonate with people that have that, that worldly mindset. So it should, not be, uh, it should not be discouraging to us that are believers who are preaching the truth to realize that there are going to be seasons when truth doesn't seem to be popular. I think of John's admonition already back in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17 that we discussed many episodes ago, where John already talked about the great contrast between God and the world. You know, the world is a system. Uh, the world is a philosophy that is against God and God's truth. And John already has said these are incompatible. You know, if you cannot love the world and love God at the same time, and John now reminds them that the world, you know, they're, they're going to love things that are not of God. It is interesting. People in the world don't mind talking about God. Matter of fact, you go to, you know, Ivy League colleges, universities, you're going to find religion departments, but you're not going to find the simplicity of the gospel there because they have made man-made religion and not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And John wants them to realize there is this line of demarcation. We've been talking about it through chapter three, those who are of God, those who are not of God. And John wants them to remember that those who are not of God, they're not on the same team. And therefore they're not going to have camaraderie with them, camaraderie because they're not of God. Yeah. Verse number six, uh, we are of God. So, hey, we ought to expect what the topic of their message will be. We ought to expect uh, how well-received they will be. Why? Because they're of the world. They speak of the world. The world hears them. But here's the contrast. We are of God. See that in verse 6? We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. And us, I think, here refers to the apostolic message. John, including himself and the other apostles, all of whom have, whom have passed away now, but that the message entrusted by Jesus and now inscripturated for us today, canonized in what we call the Bible, the Bible says that he, he that knoweth God heareth us, he that is not of God heareth not us, hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So how do we know what is true and what is error? We know it by who receives, who will hear, not just in, a, in an auditory sense, but hear in the sense of understand and obey. Uh, he that hears the word of God, he that recognizes it as authoritative, what it says about the person of Jesus, those are the people that are indwelt by, that are operating by the spirit of truth, uh, those that would adopt a worldview or a philosophy that is counter to Christ, Antichrist, counter to what has been given them, the body of truth, the apostolic body of truth, that's going to be the spirit of error. It's really not that difficult uh, for us to understand. Yeah, I think what Paul tells Timothy, we talked about this in the previous podcast back when we were in that epistle, how that Paul tells, reminds Timothy that the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. The church is the one who is responsible for the truth of the word of God. Uh, Jesus says in John 10, my sheep hear my voice and they know him and they follow him. And you're right, pastor, the church has a great responsibility to speak truth, to be guardians of the truth, to live out the truth. And it is the people of Jesus Christ whom the Holy Spirit guides unto all truth. Uh, I love how the Bible calls 
calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth sometimes. Mm, mm. He is the one who guides the people of God. I think even of the canon of Scripture. You know, the, the, the church did not say, well, this is the canon because of our authority. They simply recognized what the Holy Spirit guided them in because the Holy Spirit will guide the people of Jesus Christ unto truth. Right. It, it, it's, and that's such a great point, John. It, it's not, it was not people who decided and determined what the Bible would be. No, it was, uh, it, it was local church congregations that recognized and received what God had authoritatively given. And that's the topic here, First John chapter 4, where John is saying, hey, if you're going to receive from us what, what the implication is, what we received of the, of the Lord. And remember, Jesus told them, in that Great Commission passage, he said that he, the Holy Spirit, will bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have taught you. So there was an apostolic promise that they had received from the Lord himself that they would be able to have all truth, give all truth, so that you and I would have an authoritative record by which to base our faith, on which to base our faith. And so the spirit of truth is one of a faithful understanding and acceptance of what God has said, where the spirit of error is that which would listen to the philosophy of the world and would deny the claims about Christ, among which would be his humanity. So there's our passage. I think of how God gave us his revelation because God wants us to know him. You know, and God gave us his word. The word of God is supposed to judge us, supposed to critique us, supposed to show us the truth, the way and how we're to walk. And I think of how the world, they flip that around and they critique the Bible. Mm. They say, no, the Bible cannot be the word of God because thus, thus, and thus, and so. But the Bible is the word of God because that's what it is. Uh, we don't have to prove it's the word of God, although there are great proofs it is the word of God. But it fundamentally is the word of God because the Holy Spirit testifies to his people that these are the words of Scripture, that we can trust the Word of God, and we are to evaluate our lives by it and let it stand in judgment of us and show us what is right and wrong. I think what James says in James 1, you know, you look into the perfect law of liberty, and you can see how you all live, and then because you know the truth of the Word of God, you can live a life that is pleasing to Jesus Christ. And there's a great principle here about understanding one's Bible. Because, you know, in, in Bible studies, sometimes we'll, we'll emphasize hermeneutics, like make sure you understand the proper context and make sure you understand the theme of the book and make sure that you are um, understand the grammar of the passage and looking up the words and understanding the geographical setting. And, and all of that is important. But let me just say the most important thing about understanding your Bible is your heart. The most important thing about understanding your Bible is that you've been born from above. You're a child of God. He that is of God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. It, it reminds me of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where the Bible says, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. They're spiritually understood. So let that be a lesson to each one of us as we close uh, this, this episode, and that is the most spiritual component about, about understanding is my, my relationship with the Lord. That's why it's not just said, hey, here's how to recognize truth and error. No, that's why the Bible says, here's how to recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Why? Because understanding is not just an intellectual thing. Understanding is, it's a spiritual thing. Is my heart attuned uh, to the mind of God? Am I a true follower of God? 
is the Holy Spirit of God dwelling inside of me as my teacher? So those are some piercing questions for us here at the end of the episode. Hope that helps today. We're going to jump right back in tomorrow uh, to verse number seven. So I hope you'll be here. Uh, God bless you today, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.